Welcome to another Tyrius Cast. I'm Jim McGregor. And I'm Kevin Crewell. Today we'll discuss the changing dynamics of our economy. Social networking introduced us to sharing our lives, but services like Uber and Airbnb introduced us to sharing the things that we own. And now companies are trying to get into that sharing economy as well by offering subscription services and pay-as-you-go business models and services basically to rent almost anything. You can rent homes, you can rent cars, equipment, caskets, and even chickens. Yes, you can actually rent chickens just for the eggs. So we're going to talk about the changing dynamics of this economy, both pros and cons, and you know what it kind of means for the future. Yeah, it's an interesting area where we both have experiences using Airbnb, and that's been a mixed bag. I mean, sometimes it's been really good. Sometimes it's not been as great. But there are challenges to this rental or shared economy, I should say, where both the the renter and the rentee have to take some shared responsibility and then there has to be some trust between the two. Yeah. Uh, Well, as we've seen, you know, one of the oldest sharing models I can think of is equipment. I rent equipment, you know, like from Home Depot or United Rentals. When I have to do something and it's a tool that I don't have, and I've been doing that for decades now, but I find out that sometimes you get a tool that, well, first off, it saves me a lot of money if I don't have if it's a tool I'm only going to use maybe once a year or once every ten years. Well, hold on, hold on. You mean it's not an excuse to go to Home Depot and buy another tool because you need to, for that one job just to have your collection of tools? Okay, well, yes, I do do that, and I do have more tools than I actually need. I will admit that, and it gives me a chance to try out the tools before I buy them. I have to admit that too, but. It has saved me money, especially on big equipment. If I if this is a major piece of equipment like a skid steer or something like that, I've even rented things as big as like a hammer hoe. But I've had good and bad experiences. In some cases, I get a uh, I've gotten a brand new hammer hoe and it broke the first day we used it. Hold on, but isn't this the same? Is this the same guy talking who bought himself his own backhoe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's it's good and it's bad. It's good that I get to try this stuff out. It's good that I, I don't have a lot invested. But it's bad in some cases that I get equipment that just doesn't work, whether it's old or new. Sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah, and I guess maybe we're a little old school. Sometimes having that and owning it uh, gives you self pride and and the ability to use it exactly when you need it, not have to wait for it to, to get it. But the trade-off, again, is you have to lay out the money. You have to own it. You have to some place to store it. We're getting to a new era where people don't want to own, store, and pay for all these things. They're, they're trying to simplify. And that's where just renting when you need it is becoming more and more popular. Well, and in my case, it's also kind of a trophy on my wall, but, you know. <laughs> trophy in your backyard, you mean? No, it's a trophy in my garage. <laughs> well, but, you know, one of the things that people have really started renting most is homes. And, you know, that's a huge investment. That's probably the biggest investment most people are ever going to make in their lives. You know, and that's that creates a lot of different environments. You know, if you're young or you're old, you know, it's kind of a generational thing. That gives you some mobility. If you just want to rent or you're, if you're renting something out, it gives you a revenue stream. But if you just want to rent someplace, that gives you a lot of freedom. You don't have to stay in one place. You can move around or, you know, like my uh, parents are doing, you can stay on a cruise ship half the year. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's not new. We, 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 I mean, there were apartment buildings and tenements and sharecroppers and such in the past. It's just that, especially in the United States, where home ownership became a, a, a huge mantra uh, post-World War II, that this is starting to reverse and where people are not wanting to own things. They're wanting to have the flexibility of just renting. But the other factor is in the United States specifically, there's great tax benefits to owning your own home. And some of that's starting to go away. And and once that that benefit, the tax benefit, starts to decrease, then the incentive to owning will decrease as well. Yeah, and a lot of the models around owning real estate don't factor in all the maintenance, all the time, all the money for the maintenance, repairs, and taxes, and everything else that goes into real estate. You know, the taxes keep going up. The cost of maintenance keeps going up. And yeah, and if the tax opportunity or the tax benefit goes down, I think it's really going to reverse that model. I, th- I think in a lot of cases, it's going to be much, people are going to be much better off just renting than they are owning. Yeah, it's definitely a trend here. Now, the other model that's very popular right now is Lyft and Uber, where people share their car and, and drive you around and eliminate the taxi industry, or try to eliminate the taxi industry, you're bypassing it. So you're providing a service, and people are generating their own services by subscribing to being an Uber driver or a Lyft driver. So this is an interesting other type of shared economy where you're sharing your time and your vehicle with other other people. Yeah, I've actually talked to some of the Uber and Lyft drivers, and they're actually using this to buy themselves a new car. I actually thought it was very creative with one guy in San Diego who, on his way home, would turn on his Uber uh, account, and sometimes he'd get, he lived near the airport, so a lot of times people want to ride to the airport, so he'd turn on his Uber account, wait and then somebody would say, hey, I need a ride to the airport. So it would pay for him to drive home by dropping somebody off at the airport. Oh, exactly. Well, and it's not just cars. I mean, now we're seeing this with bicycles, scooters, even skateboards. You know, companies like Lime and... Bird. Trying to, yeah, Bird. And there's wheels and there, there's, there's a growing list. And they're global. I mean, they're literally global where if you're in a dense urban environment, a downtown environment, you know, it's often easier to take a bike or a scooter than it is to actually drive somewhere and have to worry about parking. Yeah, Ford's gotten really involved in this too with bicycles. I've seen them in downtown San Jose, but uh, the scooters have been very popular now. But unfortunately, it's also led to a lot of accidents and, and injuries because people don't have helmets with them and it's hard to put a helmet with the scooter. So it has led to some increase there. But it's, it's this trying to solve the last mile issue, and apparently people are just too lazy to walk it or in too much of a rush, so they need a scooter to get them from you know, the, the three blocks away from, uh, to their destination. Uh, maybe we're turning into those people in the Wally movie where we're just going to be fat and floating around. <laughs> well, it does take some skill to ride a scooter. It's not completely uh, floating along, but... And some of these companies actually are now in the multi-billion dollar uh, valuation. Both, I think, Bird and Lime. Lime have, have reached that at those points. And they've got significant investments going on right now in that area. But, you know, it, there's been a backlash, too. People have been uh, damaging the scooters. People just, it, when they finish with their scooter, they're just dropping it and leaving it. And, and it's caused, you know, interference in the sidewalks because of that. So I... It's still a developing 
business there and see how that how that plays out. Yeah, what really amazes me is the fact that even the automotive companies are getting into it now. Toyota now has subscription leasing services very very similar to Zipcar and that they're testing out in Japan and in Hawaii. So they're kind of looking at this as possibly an alternative as we go towards more autonomous vehicles where people most likely aren't going to be owning vehicles anymore. So that that could drastically change our economy. I mean, if they're taking responsibility for everything, you no longer have, need the gas station, the charging station, the, the corner mechanic, or even your insurance agent anymore for transportation. Yeah, these, and they'll get much better rates as a corporate aggregator of many cars than you can with your own individual insurance. Uh, Zipcar has been another example. It's been around for a long time, actually, and they allow you to rent a car by the hour. And it's great in urban settings where owning a car in, say, New York City or, or San Francisco is really hard, especially San Francisco. The garages are tiny in many of those houses. The curb space is, is very in high demand. So owning a, a car in an urban environment is really difficult. Having an alternative whether it's uh, a taxi alternative like Lyft or a Zipcar, car in demand type of thing. And when we get to autonomous cars, that definitely is going to be another alternative because then you can have that autonomous vehicle come pick you up, drop you off and as a service. So it's it definitely um, a, a great feature or benefit if you're in an urban environment. In, in a rural environment, it may not work as well like uh, where you live. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I have a friend that lives in San Francisco, and she says she actually pays as much for parking and parking tickets because she actually plans on parking tickets as she does for her apartment on an annual basis. And apartments in San Francisco are pretty expensive, so that's crazy. It is crazy. You know, the thing I really like about this shift to the shared economy is the fact that I can actually try out new things. You can try out camping equipment. You can try out uh, camera gear. You can even try out a gun. I mean, you can try out things that you may want to invest in, especially if it's a sport or hobby that you're getting into, before you get into it. So it helps you try out not only that activity, but it helps you really get to know the equipment. Yeah, and it's a great, especially in, say, camera equipment, it's a great example. You can you can borrow lenses, you can borrow cameras for a period of time. Uh, and, you know, if you're going on a vacation and it's a really once-in-a-lifetime vacation, like, say, Galapagos Islands or something, and you want to bring the best camera equipment possible, you necessarily want your point-and-shoot or even your, your phone. Rent it and then take it and then return it, and you get the benefit of those, of those uh, great shots, but you don't necessarily have to own the camera. Yeah. Well, I'm a scuba instructor, and I know that it's much easier to rent equipment when you get someplace than to have to lug about 50 to 80 pounds around everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to drag their own tanks with them. Uh, they, that's definitely one of those. Uh, well, even, those without the, even without the tanks, just the BCD, and, the, and if you're taking wetsuits and everything else, it gets very, very heavy and very, very bulky. A lot of the airlines now are going to start charging you if you want to take that, unless you're a frequent flyer. Yeah. I, you know, another great example, I think, of this is music. You know, Jim and I are old enough to have owned CDs and albums. And today... A-tracks. <laughs> well, A-tracks, cassettes, we can go back. Uh, anyway, so um, you can... Today, uh, most people don't buy physical media. 
they listen to it. Either they get a digital copy, and even today, very people are getting digital copies. They're more likely to listen to it on Apple Music or Spotify or any of the music services and just stream all the content they need without actually owning it. And this is a much more common way of, of uh, discovering and listening to music today than at, at any time in the past. And, I, you know, I think the death of physical media is an interesting uh, problem for some people. I mean, I still have a collection of albums. I'm not going to give up very easily. But I, I can't play them on the go. And with people on the go more often, it's hard to, uh, to drag physical media. So electronic media is definitely the way to go. Yeah, it's rather ironic that albums are making a, uh, you know, physical albums are making a comeback at the time where physical media is dying. But you're right. It's not just music, though. It's also movies. It's games. I mean, games are more going toward either online or streamed solutions to where you download the solution. You don't actually buy the disc. Yeah. Services, service economy is, is growing. I mean, Microsoft wants you to own or not own Office, uh, which is Office 2019 is coming. They want you to have a subscription in the Office 365. They much prefer you have a subscription because that's recurring revenue as opposed to a one-shot acquisition when you buy Office 2019. And so that's many of of these vendors are moving to the subscription-based model because it's a reoccurring revenue stream as opposed to a one-shot buy. Yeah, and as we've learned with QuickBooks, they make it, actually make it more difficult to use the desktop form or physical media form of QuickBooks than using the online form. And in some cases, companies are just all out getting rid of that. You have to have that online subscription or you're not going to be able to use it. So this is, this is interesting. You know, this has dramatic this is going to have a dramatic impact on our economy. I mean, it means that we continue to change more towards that service economy and that mobile economy, possibly, of people moving around. So it's going to be interesting what it does in terms of the job market, what it in terms of uh, revenue opportunity. I mean, one of the downsides of renting everything is you don't really control the price. I mean, prices of products and, or services can go up just like the price of products. So... And you also don't own the experience. I mean, if something breaks, you know, you have to return it and get another one, which is uh, annoying. You don't have the responsibility, but you also aren't maintaining it. So therefore, you don't know that it's in the highest quality when you get it. And in the case of like real estate, you don't have a vested interest. So there's not something you can actually, you know, consider an investment or something that you can dispose of at a later time that may actually appreciate in value. So this, has, this is really going to be interesting how this changes our overall society and economy. Yeah, also, you know, more and more people are working as freelancers, and that's increasing, especially in the writing field. Uh, and so there's this permanence, if you want to call it that, of, of jobs and such as leading to this more flexible approach to where you live and how you live. It's, it's definitely a trend, but you know, in certain parts of the economy, it doesn't happen. It, there's still a sense of permanence with some jobs, like government jobs. But it's, it is something that is changing the American society and worldwide society. And this travel and flexibility has a lot of positive aspects to it. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that whether you think it's a good thing or a bad thing, it's coming. I mean, it's already happening. This is a transition in many cases that's been happening for decades. In other cases, it's been happening very briefly. 
but it's going to happen. Yeah, get used to it. We're in for more sharing. Okay. On that note, and the new shared economy, I think that's a wrap for another Tirius cast. Tirius Research is a market research and advisory firm that provides custom research and advice to the entire high-tech ecosystem from sensors to the cloud. This includes custom market sizing, product and company competitive analysis, M&A evaluations, product and corporate strategic planning, and marketing strategies. For more information about Tirius Research, please visit our website at www.tiriasresearch.com or contact one of our analysts. Also keep up also keep up with us with us on social media at Tirius Research or at Crewell for me, K-R-E-W-E-L-L, and for Jim McGregor at Tech Strategist T-E-K-S-T-R-A-T-E-G-I-S-T. Thanks for listening, and we hope you share this podcast on the shared economy. <laughs> <laughs>